Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Footnote Church in Glendora, California. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast, Footnotes. We're here uh, with another episode, kind of centering in on vocation and job life. And uh, today we have a special guest, uh, Sally Burroughs. Sally, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so fun to be on. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely not done things like this before, so this is a fun first. A little bit. I mean, bit. you sing, so there's a microphone uh, yeah. in front of you sometimes. Yeah. But, but I don't really talk a lot on it. No? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to have you talking today and, and just uh, weighing in on this uh, important topic and I think that as I think about jobs um, I think about it's funny as we grow up we don't even realize that we're exposed to people with parenting jobs Mm -hmm. but we are from day one it's like that's a big part of who our parents are and how they see themselves. Mm-hmm. But um, looking forward to jumping into that. But t- tell us about yourself a little bit, maybe your family, sure. some hobbies, things that you and Brandon enjoy. Yeah, yeah tell us about Brandon too. Cool, yeah. yeah. So uh, my name is Sally Burrows. I'm 31 and a wife of 10 years this July, which is kind of crazy. 10 years. Uh-huh. Yeah. To uh, my husband, Brandon. Um, we met at APU. We both went there for our undergraduate and our graduate degrees, but uh, he had already graduated and we met and then we uh, dated long distance while he was uh, working and traveling overseas and a little bit when oh, I did right. that. Where was he at again? He was in Bhutan. He was in Bhutan. Where is that at again? So it is a very <laughs> tiny, tiny country like up in the Himalayan yeah. mountains. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and it's a very closed That's off right. country too. Yeah. So in order to get in, you have to be invited. Um, so it was a really cool experience cool. for him, but I did not get to visit him there. Yeah. I was finishing up my um, my senior year in college, and so it was just a really cool experience to be able to have that long distance. Mm-hmm. People said we were crazy, but we're like, let's just do uh, it. It worked let's out. Just, let's just Skype yeah. at, you know, you 7 a.m. Because that's what we did. It was Skype then. Skype and like emails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, It's kind of yeah. funny. That's, uh, I wonder what happened to Skype. I, I don't know. Why Zoom I think of, it's still there. Yeah, it probably is. Maybe it is Zoom. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So you and Brandon. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. we so we got married shortly after I graduated from APU, um, and then we both worked full time while doing grad school. I was going to school uh, to get my master's in education, and he uh, got his in uh, business. Um, yeah. And I taught for about oh man, what was it like? Seven years, I think. Um, we did teach at an international Christian school in Caracas, mm-hmm. Venezuela for two years. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a really cool experience. And then we never, we didn't know where we were going to end up back in the, in the States, but uh, we ended up here uh, in Pasadena mm-hmm. and we were able to continue going to Foothill Church, was, which was a blessing. We didn't know that we would be able to do it, but our yeah. jobs led us back here and our community was here. And so that was a really cool thing to be able to jump in again, but in a different context. And then I taught in a number of different places. I taught in LA, I taught high school, I taught middle school, and I ended up teaching uh, at Foothill Christian School, yeah. the middle school, which was super fun and mm-hmm. also really funny because middle schoolers are, as you know. They're they're yes. we- weird and funny. Weird yes. and funny. Uh-huh. That's, that's how you wrap them up. Uh, I taught Spanish. And that's when we actually found out we were pregnant with our first daughter, Charlotte. Uh, and that entire year... We were just waiting and anticipating because it was something we wanted to to be parents, but it took us longer than we thought. And mm. so it was definitely a season of waiting and wondering, yeah. how is this going to look like? Um, you have this desire, you have this dream, you believe that 
God is working, but we don't know when. And uh, that was an answer to prayer. Uh, We were married for six years, almost seven when she was born. uh, And that was a really sweet time. And then we found out we had no idea what we were doing. Uh, as you, parents, as mean? parents, okay, yeah, yeah. uh huh, yeah. and in life in general, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, we. Yes, you read the books, you think you know what you're doing, mm. and then you have a baby, and you're like, wait, yeah. I'm supposed to go home from the hospital with right. this child yeah. and and take care of this little tiny baby. Did you guys read the books, for real? Uh, or did you I, skim the books? You know what? I skimmed the books. I skimmed the books, too. I totally skimmed yeah. them, yeah. <laughs> it probably yeah. would have helped. Yeah, it them. definitely would have helped. Yeah, the whole thing <laughs> of, like, baby sleep, they tell you, oh, yeah, babies will sleep, and then you, you don't know, like, this is actually a very difficult concept sure. to get them to sleep and learn how yeah. to sleep. And Did you guys do that baby-wise thing? You know what? We tried to, yeah. and then I think I was just so tired that I honestly could not read a book yeah. and it didn't make sense to me in those early seasons but I think you've said it before and many other parents that have kids and yeah. have walked through these seasons they always say those first three months are extremely difficult yeah. no matter what for sure yeah and so we learned that and now we have a really awesome four-year-old her name is Charlotte and she's really fun and energetic and life-giving and strangely athletic she totally gets that from Brandon <laughs> strangely, <laughs> strangely and really great at climbing and then we have a sweet little <laughs> two-year-old who's also really athletic and really sweet and her name is olive and it's just such a such a gift to be a mom and also Mm. a mom to girls i think that's you have these desires in your heart but you don't know them and i think being able to be a mom to girls uh, is just such a sweet gift and brandon's such a great dad he's such a great husband but like i said we're really trying to figure it out he he does a really good job working hard so that I'm able to stay home with them. That's something we decided early on yeah. that that would be that would be ideal if we could make it work. And I, I truly do see it as a privilege to be able to yeah. be home with them and to spend that quality time with them. And it's actually weird to be here now without them. Sure. Who's watching them by the way um, now? Jessica Graham, shout oh, hey. out. Jessica Graham. I know. Very kind of her. Uh-huh. That's kind. awesome. Very excited to be over there. That's for sure. They're like, bye, mom. Maybe you We're can grab good. yourself just a little Starbucks on the way home or something. They won't even just know. Just kind of take some yeah. time. Yeah. All the way back. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Sally. That's a great. Yeah. That's just a great overview of kind of where you guys have been, and mm-hmm. um, and in regards to just even thinking about um, your family dynamic now. What is, what are some things that you guys enjoy doing as a family? I know yeah. that there's a little, but mm-hmm. you guys, you guys, Disneyland people. Are you, you guys what? like? That's a really good question. We had never done Disney yeah. until this past year, and the main motivator was that. Olive would still be at a good age to walk around and enjoy things, but completely free because she's not three. Uh, And so we had made plans to do that right before the world shut down Mm -hmm. with COVID. And then that derailed lots of people's plans. And so... Like how you point to me when you said COVID. Yeah, yeah, COVID, (laughs) you know, COVID. Uh, All in COVID happened. uh Totally. (laughs) The thing. Uh, And so we were able to do it this year. This was our, this was the Christmas present for our family. And this is actually really good. And I know we'll talk more about how we rest and how we play together as a family. But Brandon is such a good worker that he said, that if we get a Disney pass and if we are there in person, it will literally force him to not work as much and to take that time out to be there as a family, as opposed to saying you take a morning off, but then you're at home and you've got the the projects and the never ending list when you're at home. Yeah. If you're paying for those passes, it certainly incentivizes you to use them. So that's awesome. It has been magical, but we've, we've only been on, you know, like the Ferris wheel and the Uh little mermaid ride like 30 times. (laughs) We love it. It's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's but awesome. we but we like to just hang out. We love being outside. We love 
going on hikes, but they're more like nature walks at mm-hmm. this age. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. like my speed. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The beach really is such a gift to live close to the water. And That's we have cool. to remember to do that more. Yeah. 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 The beach is always uh, a mixed bag for me, but I like the idea of the beach for sure. Right. Um, cool. So, hey, just obviously thinking back just to even maybe uh, pre, pre-Brandon, pre pre-family life, um, I'm not sure if you were kind of an early adopter of work. Did mm. you have a job early on in life or were oh. you... Uh, is your, was your family, I don't know, how they push you in that way? Yeah. Way, yeah. So growing up, uh, my dad, he pastored a church in the inner city. So mm. he planted it, I think it was like three months before I was born. Wow. So when I look back and I look at my mom and she had a three-year-old and then me just born and my father planting a church literally out of our house, uh, I'm like, mom, how'd you do it? Guys, mm. how did you do it? That, that takes a lot. Yeah. Uh, but the Lord equipped them and... Uh, it was definitely a family business. And so early memories definitely involve lots of days and lots of time working in the church yeah. and helping out and volunteering. And it was very much a family thing. But I also, for some reason, really wanted to work. I don't know why. Sure. As a little 11-year-old, I decided I'm going to get a real job. Uh, so I took like the city bus and I went to, wow. uh, I know it was very ambitious. What city did you guys This was in, in Cleveland. So okay. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. So looking back, it was probably not the best idea, but mm. it was all good. Um, and I would take it, you know, 10 minutes down the street. And there was a lady at our church who ran a daycare from her house. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like her little helper. And so I would go there over the summers. I would help out as best as I could as a little 11 year old can. Uh, and then I would remember like saving all of my money and putting it in envelopes. And I didn't even know about, you know, the envelope yeah. system. Yeah. So, you know, early. It's like Dave Ramsey yeah, before Dave, your time. I know, right? Yeah. No, no. But it was, it was really fun to be able to feel like, oh, I'm making my own money totally. and saving my own money. And I could, you know, buy this one thing. But I never spent money at sure. a young age. Yeah. I just liked the concept of like earning and saving. And then I made a lot of really interesting crafts that I thought people really wanted to oh, buy. Okay. And so we would set up like, you know, the lemonade stands, yeah. but it would be our craft stands outside. And no one ever walked by us, but I thought it was really cool. And my parents were really kind and what they kind kept of them. Like bracelets and stuff? Do you remember like... those beads that you would sew together in shapes of animals? Do you remember that? Uh, I can you know picture what you're talking like about. Like keychains. But... <clears throat> we would make okay, our own yeah. keychains like geckos. Were they made out of like the plastic yes. kind of like long stuff? Yes. Like the skinny. And yeah. you would have like yeah. the... the, the, I do. the mm-hmm. That reminds me of youth group a little bit. Totally. Yep. Or the yeah. iron on, mm-hmm. iron on bead. I don't even know what they were. Sure. Things. That was really fun. That was a good That's time awesome. in crafts. I hope... That still exists. I'm We're sure just not there yet. Yeah. Beads would be swallowed. Well, it, yeah, our kid, our girls are a little older than your girls, and yeah. it's like it does exist. Yeah, and that's it's, good. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> in regards to just everywhere. like the, there's a lot of glitter and beads, and when things fall down, it's fine. But it's just uh, it's not awful. It's great. <laughs> but my uh, Penny likes to craft a lot, and so certainly have our our share of that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny you talk about just like wanting to work at eleven, mm-hmm. because I think that. There's something about work that, it, in a way, it really calls out to us in regards to kind of our own identity and our mm-hmm. own, just like what we do every day. And um, yeah, even early on in life, it kind of like pulls us in that way, whether it's like making wanting to make your own money yeah. or kind of have that independence yeah. in that way or having somewhere to go uh, yes. during the day. So Yeah. And I do appreciate my parents. They were always very supportive of me working because... 
uh, are if they they were very clear that they would provide and support in the ways that they could. But yeah. if I wanted to buy something extra, I right. could use my own money to yeah. do that. So I did see the value of working at a young age uh, because it was it was one something I could do to contribute, and two I feel like. You just learn so much when there's that responsibility on you and you view it as, okay, this is my job. I could do this well. And I feel like I'm making a difference. Even if I was doing something small, you're still making a difference in Mm -hmm. some capacity. That's cool. Well, so so you spent a lot of time in obviously in education. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so you're kind of, your new like role as mom, kind Mm -hmm. of stay at home mom. Um, is, is somewhat of a new one, but I'm sure you're kind of getting your brain around that. What's a typical day for you like as, yeah. a, as a mom at home? Yeah. Uh, well, in my head, I always thought that I would uh, get up way before the kids. <laughs> yeah. And then I would get my workout in uh-huh. and then I would read the Bible and then I would have a really great time. <laughs> yeah. But the reality of having young kids and toddlers and, sure. and babies, they get up so they early. It's ungodly. It's really it crazy. It truly yeah. is. I always thought I was a morning person. Go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, six o'clock is acceptable mm-hmm. that we start because you already got 11 hours of sleep. That's okay, right. yeah. there we go. Uh, so right now in this season, and I know it'll look different, maybe in a week or even in a month, we usually do get up maybe 20 minutes before the kids, yeah. just so that we could, yeah. we could read the Bible, we could make coffee for me, because I do mm. need that coffee, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but they also do have a sense, the second we wake up, it's like, oh, they're awake, we should join them. Um, which is really sweet when you see like their little sleepy heads and their little pajama selves like coming out of the room and joining us. And we have this really fun spot that's next to our kitchen and it, we call it our parlor. I don't know why, it just seems like a cool term for it. it works, yeah. Where we'd have this couch and it's really beautiful when the sunlight hits and we'll just spend a good 30, 45 minutes there as a family drinking our coffee, reading our Bibles, even though it is interrupted um, with the kids running in and out, they're playing they're you know drinking milk or water and just hanging out and it's a really sweet time I love not feeling like we have to rush into the morning because no one else is awake that's probably why but still uh, that's a really sweet time and then we'll do breakfast and I'll clean up from breakfast while Brandon gets ready to go to work and through COVID he's been able to work from home and so that is definitely something that we've really enjoyed but recently he's been back in the office and back on the road so uh, for him to be able to get up and go and the girls and I will get ready and usually in the morning we try to do the things that we want to do with the most amount of energy so yeah. if it's errand running if it's going to the park we try to be outside at least once a day because that That's makes good. a world of difference for everybody um what else do we do yeah i feel like days kind of fly by sometimes and even you could though, still nap probably too, yeah right? which is yeah. so our four-year-old no longer naps okay. so we've just uh we've just discovered a quiet time that works for her and it's really cool to see what she comes up with she discovered magnetiles Mm -hmm. and is way better at it than I could ever even imagine (laughs) to be so it's really cool to see that time that Olive is still taking her afternoon nap and Charlotte is able to have that time in her room to work on things uh, to be alone she does have that inner recharge that I think we all need of of creative creativity and Mm -hmm. just being at home and being alone and uh, that's really good for me too as a mom I'm realizing that it's good to have those breaks from one another it's good to have those rest periods so that you do uh, you feel refreshed and you feel like you have your time Um, that's good time for me to prep for meals or do the laundry or sometimes I'm even learning the importance of me taking a nap Mm -hmm. if uh, if it's been a long night with the babies or the kids or 
uh, us just being cozy together, there really is such uh, goodness that comes from resting your body. And yeah. I don't think I knew that before having kids. I think yeah. I was always go, go, go. But having young kids and it taking out so much physically really tells you like, you got to slow down. You have to figure out rhythms and seasons of rest, which is hard to do when mm. you want to just do things and For sure. be productive. For sure. Yeah. And then the rest of our day looks like, you know, going to the park, going outside, scooting on our scooters, which is fun. Yeah. They definitely want to spend as much time outside as possible. And then we'll, Brandon will come home from work or open the door and walk out from work mm. if he's working at home. And then we'll do dinner and we'll play and then we'll do, you know, bath time, story time, bedtime. And right now we're in a sweet season where the girls do go to bed earlier than yeah, us. Yeah. And so Brandon and I recognize that time. That's really good. Uh, it's a balance between are we being productive right now or are we resting right now? Yeah. And every week we reevaluate like mm, maybe we did too many things or mm -hmm. maybe we didn't do all the things that could have prepared us better for the next day. So it might look different. It might look like board games or yeah. reading books or... I don't know, a show. For sure. I don't even know what's on anymore. I think those last two and a half hours of the day are pretty pretty awesome as parents. Aren't they? At least when they're, when they're little, for yes. sure, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you do when they stay up later. Yeah, so Owen's almost 12, and he, he likes the idea of thinking that he can stay up later. Mm. And sometimes we're like, no, go to bed. It's 6.45. I don't care. <laughs> um, but usually he, he gets to stay up usually around 8-something. That's cool. Um, during the summer, though, I'm, I'm sure the summer is going to be crazy and busy. But anyway, yeah, I, I think when you talk about kind of that push and pull of rest mm -hmm. and finding time to prepare, yeah. it's funny because like, and so, so Katie's a stay-at-home mom too. And yes. one of the things that I just noticed so much about, um, and maybe you'll get into this, but there's this element of like, it's really not that different from regular work. I yes. mean, it, it, there's kind of some, there's some preparation, mm -hmm. there's execution, there's breaks here and there, probably not as much as even <laughs> regular work, but, but then you're on around the clock too. Yes. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of meaningful things that you're doing every day. How, how do you kind of view the notion of, if I say that kind of phrase, meaningful yes. work, through the eyes of a stay-at-home mom, how, how do you? How would you respond to that? Yes, I I agree with you. I yeah. think it's easy to visualize what you think it will be like, and then when you do it, you realize it looks different than what you had first imagined. Right. And I know for me, in my head, I think I romanticized like, we're gonna just do wonderful crafts mm -hmm. and we're just gonna go on adventures and I'm gonna teach them how to read at a very young age. And you just have all these ideas and then you realize, wow, I am balancing the housekeeping yeah. work, the actual work of keeping up a home, and also the upbringing of children. Um, and it's it's definitely been something that you don't have a manual for. You go to school to learn your craft, and then you work, and you get better at this job that you have wanted to do and you've been preparing to do. And then when you switch, if you switch to full-time parenting or even part-time or whatever it might look like, even all parents, you're kind of in this role that no one truly prepares you yeah. for fully. And right. so you realize just how much you do not know and how it's a learning experience. And I think that's mm. sometimes really difficult when you talk to new moms, I know for myself and other people who might make the transition to be at home more. It's really tough because you're doing a job that you don't feel like you're doing well all of the time. Yeah. And that's hard because I feel like in many other work contexts, there's uh, achievement, there's clear goals, yeah, there's things that you could cross off of lists and mm -hmm. there's measurable outcomes. Whereas 
in a day, sometimes Brandon comes home, especially in the baby days, it's like, hey, I brushed my teeth today. Or maybe <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Or yeah. like, of course, you have to brush your teeth. Please do that. And I do that now. So don't worry. <laughs> um, but there's little things that it looks so different. Yeah. And it's easy to feel like maybe you're not doing something meaningful. Uh, because the world really looks at earning wages and monetary values. That does take an, an importance in a way that looking at uh, being a stay-at-home mom, you might some people might brush it off thinking like, oh, that's so easy, or like, oh, that's not sure. a real job. And I think um, especially when Brandon's been more at home or with other parents who maybe have spent more time with their kids, especially with COVID when everybody was wearing so many different hats at home, you truly see that there's difficulties with each job and there's mm-hmm. meaning to each job and that right. God has called us in different seasons to be fully present and to do our job well without excellence. And I, and I view that as something that as moms, we could take ownership, whatever that looks like, that we are the gatekeeper of the house. We allow what goes in. We allow what it looks like. We are able to bring life into our jobs. It doesn't have to be a task oriented thing or a task heavy thing, but it could be something where you really do take ownership and you view it as your role and that you do it well. And it doesn't mean that you have these crazy systems, even though that does work and there's rhythms that are helpful as parents. But I view it as God loves the family. He created the family unit. He created marriage. He created, you know, children uh, in order for us to be sanctified. I realize that more and more as a parent. I thought so as in marriage, absolutely. And then as a parent, it brings all these things out of yeah. you. That's like, whoa. That's another level for sure. Yeah. My soul is like yucky. Like I need the Lord. Absolutely. Um, but he values the work of um, parenting and he calls himself the good father. So if God Almighty, who is all powerful, chooses that to identify himself as our father, then we know that our job is important as parents because we're able to teach our children and we're able to show them day in and day out the work of Christ in us, especially when we make mistakes and also when we seek him, they see all of it. And like you said, it's not something that you clock out and you're like, I'm done. It's all encompassing. It's all day. But that's, that's because, um, God's working in and through us and he's teaching our kids through how we parent, which is a gift, but it does, it is tiring also. That's for for sure. sure. That's really wise. Thanks Sally. That's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of good stuff. And I, I was thinking it just about even, how sometimes I feel like um, maybe as a mom or maybe stay-at-home mom, I'm not sure if you've ever had conversations with others who look down upon you or mm-hmm. kind of were like, what do you really do all day? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. And so I think sometimes that's actually can, can be helpful because yeah. it forces us to think really deeply about, well, what am I doing? Yes. And how am I being intentional with this time with our kids? And, and so like, how do you feel like maybe whether it's in those conversations or maybe just kind of the monotony of it, how do you feel like you stay engaged in parenting day to day? I mean, yeah. you've talked about some of those, I mean, grabbing a nap here and there, mm-hmm. but what are some of the other ways that you've yeah. found successful in that? Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things I've realized makes a huge difference, believe it or not, is reading the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge one because it keeps you grounded. Absolutely. When God's word's in you, it flows out of you and you could you could see the fruit of abiding in him. And I think mm. I've definitely been through seasons where I don't make that a priority. And in motherhood, when you're squeezed, it's like, what comes out of you? And it, like, you will be squeezed in many ways. Um, 
literally and figuratively by your children. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's it's something that I know if I'm spending time reading, even if it's five minutes, I think God uses that time. He sees that time. He honors that time. Mm-hmm. And when we're prayerful throughout the day, when I am conscious of that throughout the day, when I'm talking about him with my children, when we are singing songs together, when we are uh, engaging and just worship worshiping him throughout the day in our lives, I find that that grounds me in a place that I am I'm a way better parent. I also feel like to do it meaningfully and if I'm doing it intentionally, I run better with schedules and they're they're yeah. loose schedules because they're more like routines um, where I think everybody does better when we, we know what to expect and we have those rhythms and we could be we could be intentional with our time so that they know what to expect and also we know what to expect of them and of ourselves. And yes, I've also realized that I learn a lot more from other moms who are doing it with me, who love the Lord, who either have older children, younger children, but together I've I've noticed the beauty of community of being a mom. Um, you, you think that you should do it all alone and sometimes it feels like there's that pressure of, oh, I stay at home, like I should be able to handle all of this. It's this concept of should, but we are truly not supposed to be in isolation. Right. Um, yeah. Nothing good comes out of it. And I've seen the beauty of being with other moms who have grown me, who speak into me, who speak into my children's lives, who love my kids and I love their kids. And it truly is a humbling work, which make up, makes us more engaged in our work because we're yeah. feeling like we're we're life giving and we're we're filled up with other people. But that's definitely something. Seeking joy in motherhood is something that I want to intentionally do more of because it's easy to do your job and cross it off the list, yeah. but do it without joy. But God has called us to do things without grumbling, and uh, He definitely views it as something that we are to be joyful in and to to do it well. And He equips us for the calling that He's placed in our lives. And I think it's easy to forget that, but we're not doing it alone. He will equip us, but we do need his strength, honestly, day by day, hour by hour. Mm. And I remember that day by day, hour by hour. Yeah. It's very humbling. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I resonate with a lot of that, Sally. I think that especially just about community, I was thinking about how funny it is that sometimes we do parenting in isolation and it it is so silly in some ways. And we, I don't know if it's a level of competitiveness to it, or maybe just maybe just pure exhaustion, just not yeah. having the bandwidth to be able to have those conversations too. But what I've found when I talk to even other dads about parenting, and this is the case of Katie as well, is that she ends up actually walk, always walking away feeling encouraged, mm-hmm. and there's there's always grace that's extended as opposed to like, oh, I, I'm blowing it or I'm yeah. not measuring up. It's always actually like she's walking away more encouraged than anything else. So community is definitely an important part of of the job of a parenting. Yes. For sure. Um, so yeah, one of the things we've been talking about recently at church just a couple weeks back is this reminder of, of just Sabbath uh, for all of us who work. And and uh, it's a little trickier, obviously, to take Sabbath as parents because, you know, at the same time, we're also trying to teach our kids Sabbath mm-hmm. and those principles as well. So w- what are some of the ways that you and Brandon have kind of tackled that topic? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we would both be quick to say that there's been seasons we've done the Sabbath well yeah. and then seasons that we have not done it well. And you could feel it. Uh, yeah. What we have found that works for us, we're both very productive people, almost to a fault, okay. where there's like a weird sense of satisfaction when you cross a bunch of things off of a list. Uh, and so we've learned to scale that back. And one thing that was very practical for us 
Someone told us about it a while ago and it's really easy. There's nothing crazy that you have to do. You just choose one day over your weekend that is your more project day and then another day over the weekend that's more people and rest day. And it could look different whichever day that is because sometimes you have commitments at church on that day or you might have a lot of things that you have to do on one of the days, but you could be flexible in it. And one of the things that I love that you mentioned about the Sabbath is that it's supposed to be done in community. And so for us, we've we've realized what are those days that we could maybe invite someone over for breakfast or maybe we could go out to breakfast somewhere with the kids, with their kids and just be and not have to rush off to do things. Or maybe we could all just hang out in the backyard and or be out at front in our front yard and say hi to neighbors and just be because that's really hard sometimes to just sit and be and not feel like you have to do something else. Um, but when we have that one day of prep work where we're getting things done and actually doing things well to get ready for the next weekend, because Sabbath, you have to actually plan it out. That's yeah, what we realized. Sure. Yeah. If we don't plan out Sabbath well, then we go into the next week either exhausted or not caught up on, on important things. Mm-hmm. So it does take intentionality on our part the week before being like, okay, what do we have to do in order for our Sabbath to be restful? Or what should we get done on our our due day so that our Sabbath is restful and we don't mm. feel like we're we're you know flustered going into the week? And like I said, we've done it well some seasons and we see such sweetness in our time with our family and with our friends. And our girls love it too because they love being able to play and be with us. Uh, we don't have things that we do. We don't mm-hmm. have, you know, a place that we go to, except we do go to a butter cafe a bunch. Like that's oh, actually yeah, true. Sure. We love breakfast burritos. <laughs> Shout out for that. Um, Excellent breakfast burritos. Yeah, 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 really good. I think though, in this season when it's too busy, you just feel it. You feel yeah, it, and yeah. your kids feel it. It's so incredible how they are little sponges. They feed off of you. They feed off of um, whatever's going on, and they're so intuitive. And so they learn from us, and they learn. I guess it was actually this morning, Charlotte was in her room and I didn't know what she was doing. And she said, mommy, I was cleaning up my room like you. I was like, that's good. Yes. Mm -hmm. But also a good reminder to be like, am I balancing the work well with the rest? Mm -hmm. Am I balancing the work and the play? And that's something we have to navigate as people and in any job, but especially at home because our home is our work. And there is two sides to every coin and God calls us to do, to do both well. And so again, he's so good at equipping us and telling us and being there for us. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit in these moments to show us how, because he will, he will give us wisdom when we need it. And we need wisdom all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of wisdom, I mean, where have you kind of drawn wisdom from over your time yeah. as, a, as a parent? And- yeah. Uh, maybe even seeing your your role as mom as as work. Is there been any good just books or resources you point us to? Yeah. So I, one of the things I've been convicted about recently is just the use of social media and mm-hmm. how much we are engaging in just so much material and information out there. A lot of it's great, but yeah. some of it I've just been really thinking about more. And I feel like God is uh, teaching more, me more of is. Am I reading things and looking things up that are life-giving and that honor him? It's easy to be like mindless about a lot of things, but I just think back to even, is it, is it true? Is it honorable? Is it just pure, lovely, commendable? Mm. Just all of those things of anything excellence or worthy of praise. Think about these things. And so with social me- media, I feel like we have to redeem it almost. 
Are there things that I'm reading from other moms who love the Lord that are encouraging? Mm. Are there things that, I mean, there is humor. Humor is important. So I, I truly believe that that's good. But if there's anything that's in your in your phone and your, while you're scrolling through that's making you feel less than mm. or pointing you away from Christ or even just filling up your head and your thoughts, it, it's unnecessary. I feel like that's been a good thing for me to monitor more recently yeah. instead of being mindless, but but redeeming that um, and using it as a way to to point me more to Christ and to see other moms um, doing the job of mothering well. So that would be a good one. Um, there's also a couple of other books that I know even Pastor Chris has mentioned mm-hmm. that we read um, in, a, in a small group. It's the Litur- Liturgy of the Ordinary, yeah. which was really good. Um, another one is Glory in the Ordinary. And this is what this is specifically for stay-at-home moms. It's called "Why Your Work in the Home Matters to God" by Courtney. Uh, her name is Courtney Resig, and that was a really good one because mm. it it talks about yeah, there's like a bunch of ordinary moments as a mom, but God desires us to lean into that and to do it well and truly see the value in doing the dishes and folding the laundry time and time again and that there is beauty in it even if we don't feel like that i feel like if we get more of those um uh, mindsets and perspectives we could see that there truly is glory in um, changing diapers which is hard because you feel like you need to be doing these big things but truthfully God sees the small and he loves the small mm-hmm. and that's why that's our right. lives are full of small moments that bring honor to him there's also risen motherhood um, there's the book which is gospel hope for everyday moms and then there's they have their own Instagram account they have a whole website that's geared towards uh, really getting moms grounded in the gospel and really doing their jobs with the Lord's help. Um, there's also a mission of motherhood by Sally Clarkson. Um, that was also good because you just, there's a different mindset. I think I mentioned that before of really taking ownership of your job as a mom and, and really being proud of it and mm-hmm. not saying like, Oh, I used to work and now I'm a stay at home mom or right. I just stay at home. But really like, no, I get to be with my kids. I get to raise them and I get to love on them and get to know their weird quirks. And God has equipped me and it's not less than, but it is important work. And uh, obviously the Bible too. I feel like God is so good. He speaks through scriptures. They they jump out at very crucial and important times. And sometimes all you can do is just meditate on one scripture verse for like a week. Um, or you might be like praying quickly in between, you know, dishes or meals or running mm-hmm. from one thing to the next. But But he is the true source of wisdom. And I'm realizing that more and more. Uh, that we just need to be in him and uh, asking the Holy Spirit to help us because God has gifted us with the kids that he's gifted us with to be their parent. And it is not a mistake. And we are not failures if we don't know what to do, but he's made us um, be weak in those moments so that we could seek him in his strength. And so I would definitely say um, just reading the Bible before anything else and um, like really using that as your main source of wisdom is something that's important. Yeah. yeah. That's great, Sally. That's Whoop. that's so so many you know, just wise things and great resources too. Go to great yeah. list. Wow. Well, we'll have to get that out there. Um, appreciate you just uh, thinking about that deeply and yeah, um, man, really appreciate your time. Appreciate uh, yeah. just your your experience and what you're um, just sharing how how the Lord has been teaching you through through motherhood in many ways. And I really love just how you've been framing 
soul conversation just around this idea of, of feeling called to it as as this place that mm-hmm. you can really um, disciple your kids and, and lead your family in great ways. So, yeah, thanks, Sally, for your time. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. It. Yeah. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're out of time, but thanks for joining us for our podcast footnotes. Be sure to subscribe, and we'd also appreciate you sharing this resource with others and even leaving us a favorable review if you feel so inclined. So until next time, Foothill, peace be with you. Hey, I brushed my teeth today, or maybe (laughs) I didn't.